episode is about a different kind of yoga. It's a combination of yogas that I had not heard of from all over the world. And Kathy White, my guest, calls it WD-40 for the joints. It's specifically for people over 50, although younger people could certainly use it, to help us stay flexible. And it's not about back bends and it's not about crow pose or any of those things that you've seen that may have seen out of reach for you. It was really interesting to talk to her and to hear about how this can contribute to continued flexibility and mobility. So I hope you'll listen in. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of You Know What? Rebellious Wellness Over 50. Today, my guest, Kathy White, is going to talk to us about yoga, not just your average everyday yoga, though, her own version of yoga for people over 50 to help restore, rejuvenate, and put back together those achy, stiff joints we have all throughout our body. Uh, and then so much more. Her, she has her own... Um, way of she has her own yoga style let's put it that way uh and lots of great testimonials for people just like us so without further ado kathy white welcome thank you thank you for having me on your show yeah rebellious wellness i'm i'm up for that yeah (laughs) i swear i don't know how people could not be these days we have we're up against a lot as aging women right yeah to be rebellious just to get noticed exactly So you're going to help us understand uh, how to oxygenate our joints, how to increase mobility, flexibility, not just so that we can take on a new practice or a new exercise routine, but so that we can enjoy our lives, right? Think about how much pain limits us, Mm -hmm. right? You must see it all the time in the women that you work with. And I know for myself, luckily right now, nothing's going on, but there, when there is something going on, you just want it gone, right? And Exactly. I don't know, but what would you say about pushing through the pain? I'm not so much about pushing through pain anymore. No, I'm not through push, pushing through pain either at all. Uh, you've got to be kind, got to take care. Um, and that said... What I do notice with my students is that I have to really encourage them to be willing to face the sensations that are there. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. You know, like we go into a pose and they're very simple poses. Like the practice that I teach, uh, it has, for those people who are in the yoga field, maybe they, they want to hear some names. They have, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's Kayut Yoga, which comes from Brazil. It's Scaravelli Yoga, which comes from Italy. That has, uh, both of them have a kind of Iyengar flavor to them. And then through my own Hatha yoga training and those trainings I've done in those traditions. So what I've come up with is this idea that a lot of us, by the time we reach our 50s and beyond, um, have compensatory patterns to avoid pain. 
So maybe we, you know, broke our ankle as a kid or maybe we had a car accident and damaged a vertebrae in the neck or, you know, the, all these little injuries that can build up over time. Uh, part of our recovery process from those injuries is that we compensate. But unfortunately, in, unless we're really aware, those compensatory patterns can become our new normal. Mm. So we're not really aware that we're actually favoring our left knee because our right hip um, is sore. We're not aware that we're, we've got a kind of strange gait in our right ankle because of something that happened in our left hip. And we never really know the source of these things because, you know, you go to a, a doctor or a physio or whatever and you go, my knee hurts. And so what are they going to treat? Your knee. So what I like to say in the practice I teach in the joint renewal is we, we treat every joint. We get you into your jo joints, into your body, and who knows what that knee is going to say to the hip. You know, it's like knee bone connected to the thigh bone, you know, that kind of um, it's all connected. And as you move one piece, the others all realign and it's a slow process and it's not, you know, we're not doing massive manipulations. We're not sort of cracking bones back into shape uh, by any stretch of the imagination. We're just simply going in investigating. So that whole idea of pain is be willing to face the discomfort because that's probably what you were avoiding that created the compensatory pattern that put you in the position that you're in today. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And I've, I've heard some of the instructors that I take the yoga classes that I take, they say, meet the pain and acknowledge the pain and decide how much of the next level of pain feels right for your body in that moment. Yeah. 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 What I tend to do is not use the word pain. Oh, okay. in my classes. So I will say there may be some intensity here. There may be some strong sensations because we're so programmed to be anti-pain in our yeah. society. We all pop pills like crazy to try and avoid it. You know, myself included. I'm not like some saint here that endures. Um, but but because of that, the word pain is has very negative connotations. So I, I tend not to actually refer to anything as pain. What I say to people is work at your optimum level. Mm. So, you know, it's uh, another way of putting that is your Goldilocks zone. So not too hot, not too cold, just right. Not that. too big, not too small, just right. You know, the, yeah. the things that Goldilocks chose – in the bear's house when she gate crashed. Those things that, that uh, you, you don't want to push too far. You don't want to hold back. You do want some sensation. You do want to, you want to find those restrictions. That's what I also say to my students is we're actually actively seeking the restrictions in the body. And um, because people come to my classes and because we do such detailed work, like we might just do hand work for 10, 15 minutes, the only the joints in the hand, or we might just do ankle work for 15 minutes, only the ankle joints. And they're like, I had no idea my ankles were so stiff. Mm. And, and that's what we discover when we spend the time and are willing to experience the discomfort, as I mm. say it, not necessarily the pain, but the discomfort. 
I think that's a great distinction. And, and I have heard the word sensation used instead of the word pain. Because yeah. pain brings up immediately a negative feeling, maybe even stress hormones, which is not, and we've labeled pain bad and wrong, when in fact, it's just a thing, right? It's an indicator that something needs adjusting in the body or relief from. Uh, so I think it's great to take away that that extra bit of stress by using a different yeah. way of describing what you're feeling in the body. Exactly. And, you know, to understand pain in terms of, you know, modern pain science talks about the biopsychosocial model of pain. And, you know, some people add another layer of spiritual. And, you know, some pain might be psychological and it's been anchored into the body some pain might be spiritual that you know there's a the kind of spiritual longing or crisis going on in somebody's psyche and and somehow it gets anchored in the body so it's not necessary that, that there is just a physiological um something wrong when there is pain so it's also being open enough or curious enough about yeah the sensation here I wonder, I wonder where this comes from. I wonder what this is. Can I find out more? Can I be with it? Can I breathe into it? Mm -hmm. So yoga is to some people just another activity like Pilates or going to the gym. And some people don't even try yoga because they feel like they're not fit enough. They're not young enough. They're not flexible. They can't do a backbend. And that none of those things need to be the case. I mean, there's no age limit, size limit, or anything for doing yoga. But I do know that many people assume that they're only going to be able to do chair yoga, or the most beginner beginner yoga, and they do like to work out, but they're trying to take some different, maybe a less, although feeling the sensations and working through them, a less strenuous or less rigorous form of exercise. Yoga, and especially your kind of yoga can be an exercise to replace something else if they feel like they want to switch or they're not getting results or they're in pain, right? They want to be out of pain, but they still want to do some exercise. Would that be fair to say that? Yeah, that's exactly what I would say. And, you know, I, I kind of say sometimes this is yoga for people who hate yoga <laughs> because <laughs> I've had people come and it's like, is that yoga that we just did? Because what we're basically doing in the practice is, um, breaking the postures, those very complicated postures that you see on the Instagram feeds and, you know, all, all over yoga books and everything is, um, we're breaking those down to the component pieces because most people, especially as they, as, as we age, um, I don't have the agility, strength or level of suppleness in their joints to be able to achieve this. So it's no, no point in even trying those postures and to, to go down. And even when I have yogis in, who come to my classes, even experienced people, and I sit them into a varasana, which is a kneeling position. I have sort of a, a, a unique way of ankling, um, angling the ankles and the feet. And they'll sit down and they'll go, wow, you know, my ankles are so stiff. And they hadn't, they've been doing all these crazy poses, doing all this other stuff. And they hadn't actually realized that foundationally, one of their, you know, the plantar girdle, one of the main girdles, there's the hip girdle, shoulder girdle, and then the foot plantar girdle, um, was really restricted. So to, to say, you know, it's beginner yoga also is not, 
quite right because everyone's beginning in in that sense of beginner's mind to mm-hmm. to to actually just be with where is your body today and it changes day by day it changes based on how you slept last night what you ate yesterday what you know what news you got today from your family or work um anything can affect and be felt in the body so your practice changes all the time and and just the the flexible i mean i wish i could just erase that i have to be flexible to do yoga from people's minds just delete 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 (laughs) you do not need to be flexible to do yoga you meet your body where you are and that's what yoga is it's about connecting to yourself to your body to your mind to your spirit Mm. and it does um, even practicing at home which i don't find as much fun uh, as being well, fun. I don't, I like being in a class, but I haven't been to a class since COVID because my places that I used to go to closed and they have not right. reopened. Um, but it, the good practice, the best practice for me is the day that I can leave everything outside. And I don't know what it is about being in a room with other people that you would think that that would be distracting. But now I've got a space in my, in this room actually off to the side. I close the door and I just give myself a few minutes before I turn on the audio, the, the video. And again, a video by nature is something that doesn't seem to be aligned with the practice of yoga, which is really getting in touch with who you are in the spirit and the breath and all that stuff. But I've learned to just be okay with that. But I find that I, I do have to commit to letting things go and being with my body, whether it's a sensation that feels good or doesn't. Some stretches feel, we're going to talk about stretching in a minute. Some poses feel better because they, I feel like it's stretching, opening something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that I can really just let things go if I, if I commit to being in the practice mm-hmm. rather than I just show up, I turn the thing on, got to get it off my calendar. I promised myself 30 minutes, uh, you know, but I think that's, that's true of so many things. But I guess all of that to say, I find yoga can be very restorative to my psyche because I'm mm-hmm. out of my psyche. I'm out of myself if I really get into the practice. Yeah, I mean, at its best, your practice becomes a moving meditation, mm-hmm. right? that, that, that presencing, just where am I now, how is my breath, and what does this feel like? And just asking those, those questions over and over again, where am I now, how is my breath, and what does this feel like? And then moving and changing shapes and keep asking those questions. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very simple. And I think, unfortunately, it's become this very complicated, you know, there are 4,694 poses. There are, you know, there's a poster on the wall outside the yoga studio I used to go to. I think it has like a thousand of those. So you're queued up waiting to go into the room and you can't help but look at them and think. How do they do that with their body? And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. And and you know, we're not training for Cirque du Soleil. We're not. <laughs> you know, we're I would not. love to be a Cirque du Soleil. We just want to be able to pick up our grandkids. We want to, you know, go for play a round of golf or you know, go play tennis and get on our bikes. You know, get, be able to garden carry on with our day-to-day living for as long as we can. So, you know, when you, when you think about your yoga practice, not as some great achievement or something to prove, but rather the just 
as I say in my in my kind of marketing literature, this is applying WD-40 to your joints. Yes, like you know, you wouldn't think twice about applying WD-40 to your, to your car or to your bike or whatever. You know, those moving parts, they need... They need cleaning and they need lubricating. Well, this is this is it for the joints. You know, just a, a little bit daily practice, wonderful. So I mentioned the word stretching. You and I talked about it a minute ago before we came live because I saw something on your website that said, don't stretch. Stretching yeah. isn't the right thing to lubricate your joints, to get flexibility. And I have interviewed people that talk about fascia stretching, uh, not, with a, not with a rolling roller thing. But that that is the key to, it's the root of all pain. If your fascia is tight and old and getting clunky, then you won't have as much extension, flexion, all those things. And along comes Kathy, who says, no, don't, don't be stretching. So I want to hear your side of don't be stretching. Okay. Okay. So when I say don't stretch, it's actually what's happening in your mind and your focus. So if I do a forward flexion and I ask my students, you know, to do a forward flexion, then I'm asking them to feel what it feels like in their hips, to keep their awareness through the vertebrae of their spine, to notice the position of their neck, to see what they're holding in their shoulders. So I'm pointing them back to their joints all the time, back to their joints, back to their joints. If, they're, if they've got the idea of stretch in their mind, they're going to overextend, they're going to try and push, they're going to try and get the head as far as they can towards their, towards their legs. They're, they're, there's, they're going to pull the back of the hamstrings, which can create instability in the hips and spine. And... And that, that whole notion of stretch becomes the objective. So it's not that we're not actually stretching the body. We are, you know, mm -hmm. between you and me, we are. I won't tell so. <laughs> okay. Um, but what we're doing is we're not putting the emphasis of the stretch into the practice. So the no stretch is that I'm not worried about how far I get my arm up in the air behind me if I've got, you know, if I'm doing an arm lift. Um, but I am really concerned about how does that elbow feel? Can that elbow extend straight? Can those fingers separate out wide? Can I, and I do say stretch when I talk, I use the language of stretch when I talk about the skin. So can the skin on the palm of your hand stretch to open the fingers wide? So there are certain places like sometimes in certain forward flexions, because we have, you know, straight forward flexions, curved forward flexions, reaching forward flexions. Sometimes I'll say, feel the skin on your back you know, because it will change. And that's, you know, what you're referring to in, in terms of moving fascia and all the rest of it. So it's, it's a language thing rather than um, what we're physically doing. And I notice that the students don't push themselves into those positions. They have a much more comfortable time in the practice when I cue them to be in their joints rather than in a stretch. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where it, it comes from. 
So what is, where is this miraculous WD-40? I'm thinking of synovial fluid. Are we Synovial are fluid, yeah. Sure. Synovial <laughs> fluid somehow? So the, the WD-40, the synovial fluid, you know, how the joints restore and rejuvenate is through pressure. Okay, joints are designed for pressure and they need pressure and that's how they restore. Now, obviously, and we talked a little bit uh, before we came live about wear and tear. Obviously, for some people, there is wear and tear. So for some people are bone on bone. All the cartilage has, has moved and, and is away. And that said, there's a way to move the joints so that with with mindfulness, with awareness, and with precision, so that you kind of understand the working of the joint so much clearer, and you have you, you become like your own MRI scanner, mm -hmm. and you know what pressure when to apply, and you know how far to go, you know what triggers sensation, you know how much sensation you can withstand. And all of that awareness coming into the movements that you make helps you lubricate and feel freer within the joint. So, you know, specific postures, yes, and specific postures you completely avoid. For example, if you do have knee injury and there is knee pain, if you kneel, no kneeling, you're on a chair, you know, that's or, or a stool or, you know, various bolsters. Um, but there are certain things it's like, no, it's okay. You can put as much pressure as you can onto your ankles. And I've got people like grimacing, kind of going, ah, my feet are cramping. My feet are cramping. It's like, great. <laughs> because the cramp is demonstrating that there is severe restriction in that foot. And the cramp is the, 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 um, the muscles, ligaments, tendons, all kind of going, e, we don't usually do this. You don't usually ask us to do this. Hang on a minute. And they're cramping. <laughs> and you go, okay, let's ease off a little bit and let's go back in and go, go gently and just see if we can get to the cusp of that cramp and see what it is that's triggering it, what movement is unfamiliar to that joint. And we can play there. And over time, I mean, I used to get terrible cramps when I did pointed feet, when I did um, ballerina feet. And these days, not so much, not so much at all. Yeah. Cramps are, I get a weird cramp under my left rib, like a stomach muscle. I can feel it. It gets tight yeah. and hard, like a, I don't know what it is, but then I have to lean back and sort of rub it back into place. Any ideas? Abdominal cramps are very common, yeah, especially in forward flexions. And if there's a slight rotation of the forward flexion too, and if you hold the posture, which we do in, in the practice I, I teach, um, we hold postures for quite a while. The cramp, the abdominal, and it's just you're activating muscle. Same thing as, it, as it, in your foot is you're activating a muscle that um, doesn't often get much voice. And it's just having, it's just it's having a little have say. Its <laughs> it's going to have its moment. Hey, me. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. We never really worried about it. I just had, until I started doing yoga, I didn't ever have that. Right. You know, on a bike, you don't use the same kinds of muscles and things. No, no, exactly. So, so that, you know, on, on that point also, I would say that, you know, whatever sport you do, that's, it's just fantastic. You know, if you, if you ride a bike, if you, if you hike, if you um, do what, play pickleball or, or tennis, whatever, golf, 
just absolutely amazing, brilliant, wonderful. And sports tend to be fairly limited on how the joints move. They become, you become quite specialized in a movement. Yeah. Um, if you think of your bike, you know, if you're cycling on a bike, your hips are just doing one certain movement. You're usually seated. Sometimes you'll stand up for a hill or whatever, but you're usually seated and your um, shoulders are fairly locked. Yeah. Right. So you got to think about the sport you're doing or the activity you're doing and go, okay, what am I missing in my movements? What am I needing to add to get the joints in their full roundedness, in their full potentiality? Um, because thinking that you get on your bike and you go for a three-hour cycle and everything else, it's like, okay, great. You are, yes, you've got some muscle building, you've got some cardio, you've got some good lung work, and your joints need something else as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great perspective I hadn't thought of. And even for people that don't prefer a sport as their workout, maybe they walk. Most of us also sit a lot. Yes. At our desks, behind our computers. I interviewed a woman named Annette Cashel quite a while ago. She's wonderful. And she's she she talks about having your movement get a makeover, how little we move or how we move. But she said for people that sit a lot and then they get on a bike, they're kind of doing the same thing, except they're engaging their heart and their lungs in terms of you're sitting but I hadn't thought of that. And then she does talk about, you know, including different things throughout the day. And what I hear you saying is the same um, in that we we forget about certain parts of our body because we think we've worked out that day or we have yeah. worked out. We have gotten our cardio. We have taken a great walk. But the things that get stiff as we age are the ones that are not in use. Mm. Right. And then, like you said earlier, we may favor things. Because maybe there's a little twinge there. So before you know it, you're kind of crooked because you're not wanting to put pressure on that point or you're sort of sciatica. So, you, so yeah, it makes sense that we would have to have some form of movement, exercise, yoga mm -hmm. to bring the whole body into it. And, and the thing is also, uh, Gregory Ann, is that we, we, we live in this culture of comfort. Mm -hmm. You know, we're sold on comfort all the time. We buy these beds which have NASA technology for mattresses. <laughs> we we have these amazing cars. We just got a car with this rear view camera, brand new car, and it was like, oh my God, I don't have to turn my head. But that ain't good. Yeah. I thought of that. <laughs> we got one of those cars last year. I <laughs> I want to turn my head. You know, I did like that's a good neck rotation. I want to keep that movement up you know and yet the car manufacturers know that the vast majority of the older population will actually find it quite difficult to turn the head and neck and therefore let's put a camera let's make it comfortable which is wonderful but you know this this comfort layers and layers of comforts what we do is we create fragility in the body we're not giving the body the amount of pressure. Our bodies were designed to sleep on the floor, for example. Our lungs, um, from that pressure, they become, the, the rib cage becomes enlivened through the pressure of being on the floor. Now, we sleep on these fancy beds and lovely mattresses, and great that we do. I'm not suggesting anyone just jump on the floor and sleep on the floor tonight. Um, but that just to, to realize that the origin of 
our bodies were designed for a nature and an environment that we in the last 200 years that you know that evolved over thousands of years millennia and and then over the last 200 years everything's changed but our bodies haven't so you know keeping that in perspective when you think about you know what am i moving or not moving and and how can i move it so it Mm -hmm. stays mobile so how tell us about one of your classes and is this an everyday thing or a couple times a week thing that you suggest for people obviously people will decide what they want to do i just what's your recommendation um my recommendation is to try and do a little bit every day like if you can do a, a daily flossing of your teeth and i know not everyone flosses their teeth every day so it's maybe not a good analogy you know but like you brush your teeth every day hopefully that at least you don't floss right um but that that daily practice of like yeah my joints need a little workout every day they need a little cleansing they need a little lubrication and and that's it um i have on my membership side i have what i've based on feedback from my students is I've created the daily 15, which is just short sequences of 15 minutes of maybe three poses in 15 minutes or a sequence through a particular pose with different variations in 15 minutes. And they're loving that. So that's fairly recent that I've just added. But yeah, and I called it the daily 15 because I really want to encourage people to do something every day. Mm. And I say to people, even if you can't get on your mat to to actually practice, at least sit on the floor to watch telly Mm -hmm. or, you know, have a meal on the floor. Why not? You know, we're so geared to our chairs, so locked to our chairs. Get on the floor and and you'll be doing a little bit of yoga. You'll be putting your hips and spine and everything into different positions if you sit on the floor. Um, Put your legs up the wall. You know, that that, um, feels so good. Is such an amazing, and the way I teach it is I have the hips a little bit further away from the baseboard, so you're not in a right angle shape, but you're actually angling your legs to the wall. And that just does all sorts of things physiologically. It's amazing for the heart. It's, um, you know, as soon as you raise your legs up, the blood flows into the torso and actually creates more pressure around the heart and that uh, if blood pressure goes up around the heart the baroreceptors in the body go these are special blood pressure receptors they go oops heart rate's gone uh, the blood pressure's gone up let's lower the heart rate Mm -hmm. so that pressure can go down so as soon as you put your legs up the wall your heart rate lowers i mean it's just it's just a magic trick for rest, restore, rejuvenate mode. It, it happens instantly. So, you know, that again, if I, it's, I say to students, if you can't do your practice in, in kind of doing postures or whatever, just sit on the floor and then put your legs up the wall. Yeah, Done. I just finished a podcast episode. I haven't released it, but I'll add this. I had forgotten. I was talking about the first line of defense for people that can't fall asleep. And I talked about all these sleep hygiene as the doctors call it, yeah. get into a routine, train your brain, but legs up the wall is one of the ones that I've forgotten, but it's very relaxing uh, and helpful for people. Cause like you said, it just, you know, there goes the autonomic nervous system. It's kind of, yes. like, Oh, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. 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 I'll have to add that. So tell us about the membership. What happens in a membership month? Uh, so in the membership, there is one live class on zoom 
uh, and there is audio recordings. There's the archive, one through 100, the Cayute class plans that I use, um, Yoga Mice class plans, another teacher I've worked with, um, and then my own class plans. So there's hundreds of recordings. And you said earlier about watching a video, and I just want to say that I try and wean my students off video. So when they come to a Zoom class, a live Zoom class, I, or if they come to my studio, I don't practice in front of them. They don't see my body. I don't demonstrate. I just use my voice to cue and people hopefully aren't looking at the screen. I'm looking at the screen so that I can check and correct if anyone's going wildly off what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, for the most part, have their eyes closed or soft focus, and they're really in their body, in their practice, staying interiorception, you know, keeping the perception inside themselves. And that's, you know, that's how I teach. So in my membership, I have mostly audio recordings. I do have some videos so that people who are new to the practice, who aren't so sure about what I might be saying and need a visual reference, but I say, you know, try and wean yourself off the visuals pretty quickly, get to the audio. And hopefully my, you know, I've been practicing and, and working on this for a long time so that my audio cues are very precise so people mm -hmm. don't feel lost you know they they're like okay yeah that's right it's the right leg and it's this position and she wants the arm there and a slight rotation and yeah so I'm talking people through and then there are lovely periods of silence too where people can just be in a pose breathe in the pose and experience what they experience for themselves mm. not that i like comparisons so this isn't a comparison it's just trying to give somebody a somewhere to relate to you would it be when you say holding the poses for a long time i know that yang yoga became a popular thing yeah yin restorative those two types of yoga sort of have similarities to this the difference between yin and restorative so what I teach, I would say, is A, the emphasis on the joints, so mm -hmm. cueing your awareness into the joints and also cueing your awareness into sensation or discomfort, um, that, that to stay with those discomforts, to feel safe enough to explore them. Mm -hmm. I yeah. know that you have a piece uh, about mindset, uh, mindset on your website somewhere. And I'm thinking of staying with that discomfort. It's like monkey mind pops up, just thinking about it, holding a pose. Because I've done, tried to do some of those yoga classes. I'm not quite there yet. But um, holding a pose with discomfort for a long time and trying to let it go, the discomfort, is a, is a great mindset training. There's mind training right there, never mind joint training. Yeah, um, absolutely. Life, I mean, for outside of the off the mat, that is just a great for off the mat and and also you know if you think about it Gregory Ann when we have the awareness in our in that area so say there's a hip pain so I'm got I've got you in Sukhasana cross-legged position it's an easy pose 
so-called, that's the translation, it's easy pose in, from Sanskrit, from Sukhasana. Um, and most people are finding it less than easy and they're struggling a little bit, but, you know, they've found a position that they can maintain and looking for that sustainable moment where, you know, your knees might be quite high up. You might have your back against the wall. The cross of your legs might be just at the ankles. Um, but whatever position you're in, you're sustaining it, you're breathing into it. And then you notice that actually the, the pain dissolves a little bit. It changes. You watch it. You get close to it. And often I'll bring people to notice all the other areas of your body. Notice the top of your head. Notice behind your shoulder blades. Notice your, your forearm. Because there are so many areas of your body that aren't giving you feedback or sensation mm -hmm. in that moment. And that's another life skill. Like when we have one area of our life that is really tight and tense and consuming all our thoughts and energy, it's really helpful to put it into context of, oh, actually, that's just me dealing with my eldest child at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, my, my friendships are great. My work is great. My marriage is wonderful. My, you know, that, that kind of putting things into perspective in the body also gives us that life skill to put things into perspective for, for life. Yeah, that's very well said. And I was sort of laughing because I remember one day getting into a pigeon pose and, um, for people that don't know what pigeon is, one knee is forward of your torso, sort of angled towards your torso, and you lean down with your other leg in back of you. I don't know if that made any sense. but And she said, I want you to relax into pigeon. And I burst out laughing. I was like, this is a total oxymoron, and isn't it just like life? The thing that we're <laughs> supposed to just, this is how it's going to be. Relax, relax into, into this moment. So whenever I'm having one of those days, I just say, it's just like relaxing into pigeon. I too can get through this. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been great, Kathy. And I have you, do you have you told us pretty much everything you want us to know about your joint renewal system, or is there anything we missed? Well, I would say that if uh, if people are interested in finding out more to read, I have a free guide, and that's okay. in, inside my membership area um, that you can download. So if you sign up for the free guide, you get a link to my membership area, and there's there's other videos there that you can watch. So just I would really encourage people to just carry on your education of this method because it's different from other types of yoga. It's maybe a new kind that you haven't heard before. It's educating people who've already written yoga offers that no, not for me <laughs> to, to go. Yeah, well, it might be if you, you know, just read some more of the literature. And then if people want to, they can sign up for my 21 day challenge, which is uh, it, it's on sale pretty much all the time for $47. So it's very reasonable price. Um, and that gives you a three week, five minutes a day, three week program to move through and um, can be really helpful in giving you a taste of what this practice is all about without be it being a big time commitment and without it being a big investment financially. And then if you want more, there's the membership, you can join full membership. There's, there's zoom classes, which I do live um, 
four times a week and yeah and and I have a big a big program um, for people who want to do a deep dive with me where I do a coaching yoga program as well but you know for introductory I say just sign up for the free guide and free yeah, membership sounds like a great place yeah. to start and that's yeah. at Kathy White Yoga that's at kathywhiteyoga.com and kathy with a k white with an i kathy white yoga all one word dot com i think we got it well this has been great i'm really excited to take one of your classes because i'm a i'm always interested in the people that come my way i figure are somehow meant to be here i, I know that sounds a little crazy but and so also there are lots of things I don't know about the body and about different ways to heal the body and support the body. And when you introduced yourself to me on one of the podcast sites, I was, like I said, I'm intrigued. I wanted to know what your, the difference was because just like there's no one way to be healthy from a nutrition standpoint, there's no one way to be physically happy in your body and to stay mm -hmm. well as we age. And I'm glad to have your perspective included in the ways I've introduced, the things that I've introduced people to and to myself. So yeah, thank well, thank, thank you. You know, and I, I just like to say, you know, horses for courses, you know, some people will love the offering, you know, the yoga I offer. And if you don't, that's brilliant too, because there'll be something else out there that will suit you and suit your body and your body type as well. Exactly. And the so one keep trying, keep looking, people. Just keep, that's keep exactly moving. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> just keep moving. Find something that helps you yeah. enjoy movement if you don't right now. Get more of it if you do and you feel like mm, a kind of one day a week is not doing it for me i need to add something just keep looking until you find what works for you because yeah. there is so much out there um just be safe make sure that you're doing what you know what is exactly and what you know will be safe for your body yeah yeah all right kathy thank you very oh much well, all right here. thank so you thank you for having me it's an absolute delight to speak with you gregory thank you likewise everybody i'll be back next week be well till then before you go peeps i was just wondering if we are connected on social media if not let's do that you can find me on instagram at rebelwell50 same on twitter facebook it's rebellious wellness over 50 and hey don't be a stranger comment let me know what you'd like to hear about on the podcast or what questions you have about aging better and living rebelliously 